Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I've seen this before. Oh, my God. King, get out of there, King. Jerry wise to get out of the ring. Uh, yeah, Jerry better get a move on. Those ominous sounds, of course, uh, we've come to know as being part of the Fiend. Bray Wyatt, King, get out. King, where are you? Oh. oh God, King, turn around, turn around, King! The Fiend is here! The Fiend is here! The Fiend with a mandible claw on the King! Oh, God. Somebody help him! Gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses. Josh Custodio. Oh, well, JMO, here we are two weeks later, and I think we have finally caught up on some sleep. I think so, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad we did not do a show last week, because I don't know that my body could have handled it. Did you did you arrive home from Toronto in semi-rough shape? Because you stayed, what, two days longer than me? One day longer than uh, me? One day longer than you, I think. I left on Tuesday. I came back on Wednesday morning. Okay, so yeah, one day longer than me. But I didn't sleep on the Tuesday night before we came back. I didn't sleep on the Wednesday night before we went, and yeah. I didn't sleep on the Thursday night before we went. I had red-eye flights on both flights, and I could not fucking sleep at all on them. See, that sucks. But but at least you offset it by eating super clean and drinking lots of water while you were there in Toronto. No. Right? No? Also not that? <laughs> not, not okay. that. No, okay, a so. lot of booze. Yeah. Oh, a lot of, uh, you know, greasy grub. Oh, but you man. know what? We got some good eats. We got a lot of good recommendations. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got some recommendations from Twitter people, but also all of our friends out there in Toronto absolutely. Who, uh, who took us to all the different spots. We had a great time. We had a great time and a, a huge thank you to everybody who we saw out there. It, I can't list absolutely everybody by name, but it was really, really a, a special weekend, I thought, to, to get to see and be around so many people that we know, quote-unquote, but uh, to share hugs with and, and tables and cold yeah. beers. That's, uh, and that's honestly, what she's all about. It felt like, uh, you know, Toronto's a big city. Yeah. But didn't it feel like a bit of a small world? Like, I don't know if you had this happen to you as well, because we did arrange to hang out with people on occasion. Yeah. Right? But... 
Like, I feel like I just ran into everyone yeah. that I know randomly. Yeah, I felt that way a little bit, too. Certainly at the wrestling shows, it yeah. was just like, I, for example, I, we, I literally walked into SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and former guest of the show, Caitlin Hotchkiss, standing across, like, as I'm entering, just storms up. So things like that. I ran into the Zoobs at the train station before crazy. TakeOver. Oh, my goodness. I saw Blake Murphy inside, and I ran into uh, my, my sister-in-law, I guess, my, my brother's wife. Yeah, that's your sister. Her brother. Oh, who is not my brother-in-law. I don't know how you describe yeah, that what relationship. Is that? My sister-in-law's brother. Uh Is he not your brother-in-law? I, I don't think so. But I, I don't know how that works. He was at Raw on Monday and we randomly ran into each other on the concourse and then I hung out with him all night on Tuesday before I had to go to the airport. Wow, that's that's a nice thing. So, yeah, it worked out perfect. Uh I also had a, a nice experience with one person there and I, I said I would say it on the show. Uh the great Twitter handle Duncan Idaho yeah. picked me up. And we really connected in a car ride, and so I, I just want to say that he is a special man, and we have a special bond. He did ask that you mention the car ride. <laughs> he absolutely did. Did he pick you up from the airport? What happened? What, no. was, what is this car ride? Well, so I, I got to my Airbnb on the Friday, and I was okay. sort of thinking, well, maybe I'll, I'll settle in. I'll take it easy for the first night just to you know, sort of get on track. But then uh, a couple of the, the sweet boys were like, we're going to Wings, this sort of thing, even though I thought that was happening the, the next night, but I was more than happy to go. And it turned out my Airbnb was, and I mean next door to Duncan Idaho. Oh, really? Uh, like the apartment building's here, and like right behind it is his apartment building. That's crazy. And so I just send them my address. I'm like, what's the best way to get there? And he's like, walk out your door and I will drive you. <laughs> so that, and then we, we really connected. It was, he, I think he was sort of making it a gag, but you know when you just meet somebody and you have like a, a nice way right away? Yeah. So yeah, special shout out. You have your sister, brother-in-law, yeah. and I have Duncan I don't know, and well, you know, I, countless others. I wish that I had slept on you know any of those nights before the, the – the trip couldn't hurt just so that I had the you know wherewithal and ability to stay out later ah, uh, on yeah. Saturday because I really regret oh not uh, not staying at Sneaky D's longer than I did. Well, <laughs> it, 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 it certainly didn't get any more sober. <laughs> we, I don't even remember whose backyard we went to. We like went to somebody's backyard. God damn. You know JD? Yeah. JD, were you there when he came? I did. Yeah. Sorry, my memory's a little sketchy. This is a friend of ours who is a bartender who's worked with both of us yeah, in Vancouver at different bars. Yeah. Did he? Did he? know that we were there or did he randomly walk into Sneaky D's and see us? He somehow Mike found out that JD, friend of the show Mike Noble of course, found out that JD was in Toronto was like reach out to, to Josh and Justin they're, they're I couldn't there right believe now, seeing him in yeah, Toronto that was, that fucking was the nuts. craziest thing and I, I totally forgot about that until you brought it up yeah, so <laughs> clearly I was having a good night that yeah, night. It was, it was a real whirlwind. So again <laughs> thank you to everyone who, uh, Blair Pacheco yeah. E, seeing all these, it just, just you know, and tremendous thanks, time. Thank you to the Blair and E also for letting me crash on their couch for oh, a yeah. couple nights. There you go. I've appreciated that very much. Uh, yeah, so uh, just a, a wonderful weekend and like we said before like when we were heading into it we were kind of uh, getting a little emotional about you know this being a festival of wrestling yeah. and, and top marks being like a part of that festival yep. I, I do feel like that was true. Like, oh, for sure, yeah. Like all the people that we saw, it was, it was real special to me. Yeah, you used the right word there. When people keep asking me how the trip was, I just keep saying it was a special trip. Like, it didn't, it was. It stands out in my mind. I imagine years down the road when I think about trips I go on, which is, you know, I do two trips a year. This yeah. one really stands out. Like it was very special, very heartwarming. And that's to say nothing of all of the different interviews that I got to do. Yeah, with, I mean, as a, in an official uh, WWE media capacity. Okay, well the ones that have already aired are Kevin Owens, uh, Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch. Uh, still to come, I think is Braun Strowman, oh. Buddy Murphy. 
uh, Ricochet. I I did fourteen. Andrade, yeah. Joe. Not the audio fucked up. My mic. I had problems with my mic, and some of the audio is fucked, so oh, I can't bugger. air all of them. Okay. But I did transcribe one of the ones that uh, the audio was buggered on with the uh, Ali. Oh yes. And that's gonna run somewhere next week. Kind of, should I reveal where it's going to run? I think it's. I mean, you did. You yeah. said it, you literally revealed that it was in Sports Illustrated. Yeah, Sports Illustrated. <laughs> I don't think you could vertical. second reveal something. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't say on the show before, but should uh, I yeah. reveal that my name is Josh? You I don't want to. I've been keeping this in the pocket. Yeah, yeah that's running on Sports Illustrated, which is super exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. Is that your first time being on Sports Illustrated? Yeah, yeah I, it's my first time being published on somewhere that's going to pay me for publishing me. Hey, well, you'll take that walking away. Absolutely. So once again, thank you to everybody for Toronto. What a trip. And I think we've got some reviewing of the shows we went to to get to. Yeah, I don't know that we can do like a full in-depth review of all of the matches at this point. No. It feels like a little bit too far away in hindsight now. But we can talk about our just general impressions of the show. Because we obviously loved the trip. Yes. But Uh-oh. I don't know that I loved the shows. I did not. That was the sound of everyone being like, fuck <gasps> you guys, you yeah, assholes. Just gasping in shock. We had to leave a, a uh, reaction break there. Okay, so I I want to be 100% clear. We've talked about the trip. It's very good. Mm-hmm. And I want to be clear that very often on these weekends where you have a takeover and a, a main roster pay-per-view, yeah. and I mean more on that later about tons of NXT news and maybe is a main or takeover's main roster pay-per-views now, but for now... You get these where the takeover is so great. Finally, he wants to have that debate. <laughs> yeah, I would shy it away. <laughs> Cowering away from facing J-Mo. <laughs> so to you, there's been no change. No, right? no, the NXT no. is yeah. just still main NXT roster. NXT is the same thing. It's always been. Um, no, but, I'm kidding. But I, normally on these weekends, I feel, more often than not, the takeover really outshines the, the main of roster. Of course, pay-per-view. yeah, for sure. And I thought that they were sort of two equal shows uh, this weekend, which maybe on whole is healthier. Well, but I liked SummerSlam more than TakeOver, something I would have thought there was no chance of happening. I agree with you in that I did like SummerSlam overall more than TakeOver as well. But, like, undoubtedly, TakeOver still was, like, the better work rate show. Like, yeah. top to bottom, the quality of wrestling in the matches on TakeOver was... Uh, still a, a step above, a cut and a cut ab- like a clear cut above, and also it's the only show of the week where a match got significant time. Yeah, that main event was close to an hour long, I think, maybe yeah. forty five minutes. Three hundred kickouts in an hour. I it think. was it was awesome though. <laughs> like like I, I love the third fall. I got no complaints about that match. I I had a great time. My only problem with the entire show is like uneventful like nothing changed it was an entirely maintained status quo takeover yeah and i don't need a title change to be like like say say the street profits lost the tag belts in the opener yeah and that's the only thing that was different you'd still complain well would i i don't know like, oh, i don't know i, I would I, I probably would too because it's like i don't it shouldn't take one title change to feel like the show was, like, worthwhile or whatever. But, like, you know, I came out of it thinking, at least, okay, that was Johnny's final NXT match. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. Like, literally it's... nothing changed coming out of that takeover. I feel the the wins against Johnny Gargano are, uh, they're picking up. I, I, I'll push back on that, though. You don't feel that at all? I know that there are people who are feeling done with him, but I feel like that's just a product of the way NXT works in general, where everybody's on, like, a conveyor belt towards the main yeah. roster, and because he's staying there and not moving up... It's like there's a block in the conveyor belt. Yeah, no one else can ascend. Exactly. Yeah. So that's pushback against Johnny. But, like, the matches, I don't think you can question. 
Like, no. he still lights out in the ring. The way he constructs stories, and I don't want to say it's entirely on him, but, like, you do have to look back now at a, at the, the bulk of the man's work over the last two and a half to three years. It's crazy that's and, that long. And that, like, there is a consistent strain throughout every single one of his matches where his feuds tell progressing stories. Yep. And, and that's, like, I'm sure there's a collaborative effort with everyone that he works with. No doubt. But, like, I cannot say that all these matches that he's been in are great, and he's not. Yeah, you can't, you can't just luck into that many good matches. There's no doubt about it. But there is a difference between liking a match and connecting with somebody, too. Like, do you feel connected to Johnny Gargano? I love him as a wrestler, but I don't. I don't feel like there's a ton of character to latch mm, on to. I think, so that I agree with. Which is interesting given how much, like, story and exposition he's been given, especially relative to his feud with Ciampa. Yeah. Uh, sorry I feel to, like the the bungled sort of heel turn... Yes, correct. ...has confused a lot of it, because I don't know... Like, what was that supposed to... What happened there? Like... Well, <laughs> I mean, injury, right? Yeah, like, but... They just needed somebody for Black to feud with at the top. I, yeah, I guess that's true, but... And you got the cool Stone Cold Aleister Black moment out of it, but I do think that whole... I think we can now acknowledge that something was lost in that switch or yeah. like some sort of... Like this, there was a direction to have him be more of a character. Yeah. And then he just had to switch out back to what he'd been before. Well, let's... Almost no explanation. I've also... I don't want to say complained about this on the show because I'm not even sure it's a bad thing, but I certainly don't think it helps him that Adam Cole is a babyface. Like yeah. people act like somehow the leader of Undisputed Era is a heel... I, I would ask you to find me that inf that that evidence. And I'm not talking about outside of the ring. I'm talking about in the ring. Like, the guy has the most over-taunt in the entire company. The yeah. crowd cheers. The, it's, and I don't think that helps Johnny Gargano trying to play, like, from the under baby face. And I, they, they've even removed the element of, like, well, Undisputed Era comes out and cheats for him all the time. No, because they have them in tag matches earlier in the night. Yeah. So, so like nobody in Undisputed Era is cheating right now, really. No, I mean you have you still have the the ganging ups on the TV, but not or I guess on the the show, I guess not yeah. television, but soon to be TV. Soon to be TV, and we will get to that. Just in comparing the two shows, SummerSlam and NXT, just to circle back a little bit, you're 100 percent right that the work rate was better at Takeover across the board. But it did, didn't it feel like there was something missing from that Takeover? Yeah, and there I was no giant moment. There was no the fiend. Yeah. Like that's when we were talking about how good SummerSlam was. At least for myself, the things that I I'm talking about are the over-delivering of Trish and Charlotte and the Fiends debut. And Seth and Brock was That was good. Spectacular. And a I thought AJ Ricochet was better, but still, like, there was good matches there. But in terms of, like, what I'm remembering it's, from the weekend. Yeah, it's the Fiend. It's Sasha. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, the, the most magic that I felt in that entire takeover was the very beginning of the main event when oh. they squared up in the center of the ring and just kind of took in the moment. They didn't even, before they started circling each other, they yeah. both were like standing perfectly still in the ring looking at each other. There were competing chants going back and forth and it felt like for a second a microcosm of what like being in the arena for like Hogan Rock would yeah, have felt sure. like. Yeah, like this. There was just a pure electricity. Yeah, I agree with that and I felt that as well. And um, that I felt that again during the Fiend's entrance and I well. felt that during Sasha's turn. Yeah, I, I mean, I felt like and I would almost like to dedicate a bunch of time talking about the feed later because I think that that's just oh my God, something yeah. we've got a lot to say about. So maybe I'll, I'll pocket that for now. My moment of the show that actually still stands out of my mind, which is so silly, but is Velveteen Dream entering with the Raptors entrance. That, was so like, that good. felt like this great combination of things. The I Raptors loved. dance squad. Yeah, yeah that a, was great. Perfect confluence of all of your uh, affections at the same time. What was your match of the night on TakeOver? 
Was it that I, main event? I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch the show again. I've like, only watched we, the main event in the triple threat. We had floor seats, which when I walked in, I thought was amazing. I wouldn't do it again. But I wouldn't do it again either because, like, I couldn't see the ring. Yeah, you get the best view ever for the entrances where it's just like – but even then, like, because you're on the floor and the stage is right there, so you have to imagine this if you're at home. We're, like, right where the stage is, right where they're walking There's out. There's always cameramen everywhere. Yeah, and, like, the, the wrestler isn't engaging with you right at their feet. They're looking over you and past you and the sweeping. And there is, I don't know, it, it makes you feel like not part of the entrance, but you are being engulfed by it in a way. But like, for example, yeah. the final fall of the main event. Yeah. We had no idea who won who that won? match until the music hit. That's right. And most of the, and you know, we're sort of lucky because we're taller guys. If we stand up, we can see what's going on. Even then, I, even when I stood up, I still had a hard time. Okay, I was pretty good if I stood up, but I felt bad because there were people behind me, and yeah. I'm a, a large guy, so I don't know Same. where that where's the etiquette there, and I remember sort of getting in my own head about that, so I wouldn't do that again. As good as the seats were on paper, in terms of actually watching the matches, I had way worse seats for SummerSlam. Max and I literally got the cheapest tickets we could mm -hmm. that day. I mean, almost behind the stage. I thought for watching wrestling matches, it was actually far preferable to the floor. Absolutely. Because um, like you say, finishes, anytime there's mat wrestling. Um, any sort of, yeah, any holds or, or yeah. submissions. Like, you can't see shit. So it's tough to sort of keep momentum during the matches. You're trying to sort of read the crowd for moments. Just a weird sort of moment. And I think that did impact my sort of impression of TakeOver. Mm. Undeniable that there is some energy benefit to being on the floor. And, like, you feel pumped. But I don't know. Just just a, a weird thing. Match of the night, though, I would have a hard time picking between uh, EO and Candice. That's mine. And the North American triple threat. Yeah. Because I, I like typically a triple threat match, you expect one guy to be taken out and it turn into a one on one match, mm -hmm. and then another guy gets taken out, the guy who was out before slides in and becomes another one on one match between those two guys. I thought those three went out of their way yeah. to work in as many three man moments as you possibly could. Which is very impressive. Yeah, I I I, I also noticed that and I agree. Did you think Pete Dunne was kind of a the silent man in this match, though? Like, I, I rewatched it because I remember. I'd being, have to rewatch. I, I remember being in the arena and being like, I feel like this match is all Dream and Roderick. But then I was like, you know what? It's, maybe that's where my eye is in a triple threat. Mm -hmm. Dream's my favorite there. I'm watching him, you know, whatever. But then rewatching it back until the finish, Dunne is in spots, but certainly. Because I would consider myself more of a Pete Dunne fan than a Roderick Strong fan. But I thought Roderick was the best performer in the match. I thought Pete Dunne kind of had an off night, even though I really liked the match. I thought Dunne was just kind of silent during it. Yeah, that's fair. I, again, I... Until the end. I would need to go back and see it. And, like, there, I went to all four shows in a row. <laughs> Probably all just and, feels like one thing. And when I arrived back, like, I was just like, there's no way that I'm going to sit down right now and watch <laughs> no. these four shows back to see how they were on TV. That's true shit, idiot. Wild man oh, that's, stuff. That's, that's, that's. I mean, I probably will watch them sometime in the next two weeks, but not yeah. right now. So, match of the night for me was Yo Candice, even though I haven't rewatched it in the arena that night. It was my favorite. I thought Heal Yo's music and, and attitude and her was, just being like, you know, get out of here. Yeah. I can't even remember what she said. Go away yeah, or whatever. Yeah, get out of here. I think. Uh, just the like the dismissive yeah. gesture and the look. She's so good the, as a heel. The man. pat on the head. Yeah. Like, uh huh. Yeah. Well, we'll see ya. Uh, just juniors. Yeah, I think Yo's one of my absolute favorite performers in NXT right now. Like, it would be Dream, Yo, Shayna, 
uh, it's a pretty short list that she would be on. Like, I think she's marvelous. I think even better as a heel. Uh, I'd like to see her hold that belt, quite frankly. I think it's, yeah. it's tricky because she's so good as a heel and, and so Shane is Baszler. But, you you know, you can do tri- – have they done a triple threat women's match for that belt before? I don't think so. Could be a time to introduce that if Dakota Kai is coming back. I was thinking, like, remember my proposal for this when we were kind of fantasy booking what, what was TakeOver would be? I put those two women's matches into oh, one match. Oh, tag match. Yeah, I remember. No, no. It was going to be a four-way for the women's title. And I thought that oh, was it. And I wanted it to be like a weapons match as well because yeah. it felt like everyone was getting hardcore on the build to this thing. That could have been really cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough because that's the other thing with Shayna winning is, like, where do you go with that title when she's just been – decimating that division for the better part of a year now. Yeah, Dakota Kai almost doesn't feel like serious enough to take her out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, I don't know what you do there. Jim, like I'm Dakota gonna Kai th- and Tegan Knox team up when they both return at the same time? Yeah. I think Rhea Ripley is getting worked into the TV right now. Though, oh, so really? maybe that's a direction. As a baby face? I believe so, because they've pitted her against the, the horsewomen. So. Yeah, she she could be a very compelling baby face against Shayna, and especially against the horsewomen. It's like the other side of Shayna's coin, right? Like, they both yep, have, yep. like, a real toughness Rough. to them. Yeah, exactly. yeah, no, totally true. JMO, you know I'm here to ask the hard questions. It's yeah. what I do. I ask yeah. the hard questions. You're, you are the real journalist. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows I'm, that. I'm the PR shill. Yeah, that's that, right. I get invited to the junkets that's to right. butter them up. They'd never let me no, in there. Because right. the questions yeah. you'd ask are dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Velveteen Dream, who does your hair? Yeah. Uh, no. uh, but here's I did what, ask Braun about uh, his beard maintenance. Oh, that I mean, that's the hard question. Yeah, he said he had to fly in an entire pit crew. It's like a NASCAR <laughs> thing. He's got like three different people that work on his beard before every show. Doesn't sound real. Although they do have a beard guy backstage. Yeah. I was listening to a, po- a podcast recently where it might have been an Austin something. I can't okay. remember. He's like, or no, he was on a radio show doing press for his new show, uh, Straight Steve Austin. And I think it might have been Hot Ones. And he's like, I'm about to got a beard guy back there now. <laughs> what? I thought that was so funny. But then he started to think how many people have beards on the roster. And yeah, you sort tons. of imagine it. Yeah. But here's my hard question. Sure. Even without NXT going to TV. Yeah. Is the TakeOver Golden Age over? Because I feel like the last two have been more tempered to the things before. Is that is that a just a bit of happenstance? No, I think you're right. Because typically when we come out of a TakeOver, it's like, where does this place in the all-time? <laughs> yeah, like, the pantheon of great that's, wrestling. That's the best TakeOver ever, right. I do believe. There was a streak of what? Six? You could have like, yeah. said that about but I, but I distinctly remember in the time that you and I have been doing this show, <laughs> coming on here and being like, that was one of the best. And you being like, oh, come on. Yeah. Well, we can't say that about the last two. There's no, been I don't not, think so. Not even close to a conversation about, oh, that's got to be one of the best ever. Like, so, it was it was fine. It was it was, it was good. still great wrestling. It was good. Yeah. It was very good wrestling. But relative to what I was expecting when I made the decision that I wanted to yes, go to Toronto exactly. instead of Chicago, did that live up to what I wanted? Yeah. I have to say probably not. It didn't for me. Yeah. Now, I don't know how much of that has to do with you have two guys in the, the main event that aren't, and this is not to slight Adam Cole or Johnny Gargano, but neither of them are like my guy, mm-hmm. you know? It's mm-hmm. not like when Andrade was on top there or, or something. Uh, but uh, I, one thing I do have to say about Adam Cole yeah. When he arrived in NXT, I remember you and I having the conversation that, like, what is the match? What yeah. is the Adam Cole match? Is this guy even a very good wrestler? Yeah. He's a very good wrestler. Oh, yeah. He's he's a he's a very good wrestler. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to. I'm not going to. You know what? Why bother? <laughs> I'm not going to. I think that there are. 
<laughs> some Adam Cole singles performances that could lead you down the path of, I mean, but look at the legacy of work rate at the top of NXT. Like, like of it's course. such lofty. Besides Rude and I was McIntyre, say, oh yeah, Bobby Rude. You but know. besides that, you've got Grade A Beef it's holding true. that belt. It, it oh, insane! Neville, Andrade. Like, is Adam Cole that tier? I don't know. I that, don't know that he is. That belt just has some fucking prestige. But the overall act with the entire stable yeah, totally. is on that tier. Totally, yeah. absolutely true. Uh, before we get into SummerSlam, Jamo, it almost makes more sense to me to talk about NXT going to TV after yep. talking a bit about Takeover like right. because that that is. Am I wrong in saying that's pretty seismic? Um, For me, it's seismic. Yes and no. It feels like they're throwing USA a bone, so uh, as not to get stuck in a, a like war of uh, you know two masters between, between USA and Fox. Yeah, uh, that's so how it like, comes across to me. Too. We're, we're taking SmackDown away from you, but here's this two-hour thing that you can put on on Wednesdays instead of Tuesdays. Yeah, it has a hot product and all this. So for those of you who may not have seen, that mostly explained it, but uh, going opposite AEW's weekly television is now a two-hour version, still non-live, of NXT on Wednesday nights. De- debuting in, I think, four weeks from now. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to be... If you are someone who religiously watches NXT on the network every week and you're in Canada and you do not have USA Network, Sportsnet 360, Pollock reached out to them yesterday and, okay. and asked if they would be airing it. And they didn't say no, but they didn't say yes. They basically mm. just said, we have no comment at this time. Okay. Which, this is just announced. It's impossible to think that... You know that they would be able to come up with some kind of international deal at the like same that, time, yeah. and also that's you know as someone who works for Sportsnet, I can say that like Wednesdays is already a very busy night. For is us. there a lot? There? That's a big hockey night for us. Like that's the there's a national hockey game on every Wednesday night, and yeah. sometimes it airs on. You know, I think there's multiple games on honestly, and they do air on 360. So I don't even know that the WWE channel that Sportsnet has yeah. up here even has a slot for that yeah, it might on end Wednesday up on like night. Pacific or World or something. But it's going to be on the network the very next day anyways. A 24-hour yeah. moratorium at 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays. You will be able to catch NXT exactly where you always did, just 24 hours later. So this is where I think the, the real crux of the discussion enters, which is you say the same as it's always been. Will it be? Will TV commercials throw main event NXT matches, something that we look forward to very much, into a tailspin? Will commercial breaks take something from this? Will Vince's involvement take away some of the things oh, that we like about es- NXT? Especially as we get to the AEW TV debut when they're running head-to-head against each other. Look, we're already seeing it on SmackDown right now. Vince McMahon is a tinkerer. He yeah. is a notorious tinkerer. That's he cannot leave well enough alone. And, like, now that Paul Heyman is running Raw and Raw is going well, like Thank you, Vince, Paul. Vince is directing all of his, like, tinkering attention onto SmackDown. And the result, like, <laughs> I think all of the complaints that I have yeah. about the way SummerSlam weekend went, about SummerSlam as a show itself, revolve around the way SmackDown has gone over the last month. Because yeah. this ongoing Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan bullshit fucking stretch it out forever. <laughs> that should have been a match on SummerSlam, but I they f- couldn't do it on TV in time. They couldn't figure out what the hell they were doing. It's so funny because 
if this is not a joke on you because we all have these things, like these like sticking points that mm. it's just like they get wedged in your brain. And I feel like you sitting through all of the shows throughout the weekend, seeing that – how many times they show the Roman Reigns who oh attacked them? Probably six or seven yeah, times. Yeah, you saw it like over the course of two days, a hundred times. Oh, they showed it at SummerSlam too, so I guess yeah. three days. And they showed it at TakeOver. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you saw, four days you saw it and multiple times at Raw? Yeah. Dude, on Raw, <laughs> see, on you should Ra- see his face, folks. On <laughs> Raw, before they went to a commercial break, they had like a Roman Reigns attacker next <laughs> as like the preview yeah. into a break. And then I was like, oh, boy, I was rubbing my hands together. We're going to get some progression on this storyline. I'm into it. Yeah. They came back and they played the exact fucking video package that they'd already played seven times already and they played it on tv okay like part of the problem about going to a tv taping is you have to sit through all these commercial breaks which when there are not matches going on in the ring they are literally just showing you like infomercials and like wwe pr video packages and stuff on the screen look at seth rollins make a wish look at this girl who feels more comfortable with who she is because she (laughs) discovered women's wrestling look at you know whatever all these video packages that they put together Uh. so you sit through that and then you come back and i have to sit through another five minute (laughs) video package of who's running over roman reigns it is insulting. It's crazy. <laughs> like stuff like that is like what else could you call it besides like unacceptable? They played a teaser preview for the video pack that I'd already seen it's like, five times. <laughs> the announcement for an announcement for an announcement. Just <laughs> no good. Yeah, no, that's totally true. And it's too bad because you feel like that is something that they could have made good too. Yeah. You know what I mean? But so I'm nervous about NXT because but, the, I, but there's no way. If he's tinkering with SmackDown to this degree and throwing the script in the garbage an hour before they go to air and writing the show as it's on the air, there's no way he's going to leave NXT alone. When it's going head-to-head with AEW, there's no way. Well, and allow me to take it even a step further. And again, I don't like to be the reactionary, the world's on fire. Like, I try to sort of be tempering Mm -hmm. that on this show sometimes. But I just can't for this because you're talking about all these things and I think you are right and then right again. But if any, if you're wrong in any capacity, I think you're forgetting that like these are also all new toys for him. That's these true. aren't people that he's like had his hands on before. And I am profoundly nervous that he's going to be like, oh, Velveteen Dream, this guy can really dance. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, like, look at, look at. Uh, um, He's going to be booking Velveteen Dream like Craig Tamble. Look at Chad Gable right now. Look yes. at Shorty G. Yeah, who is who being rumored to be repackaged as Shorty G. Yeah. Because Vince is now stepping away from Raw and looking at SmackDown, and he's seeing Chad Gable on the SmackDown roster, and I guess in his mind he's like, oh, well, he, he keeps partnering up with black guys. What if he wanted to be a black guy? Shorty, Shorty G. G. He loves to rap. Awful. Just, Just the terrible, worst shit you've man. ever heard in your life. So it's like, here's my problem with this situation, because you never want to find yourself like this in life. There's mm. a bad situation to find yourself in, where at best, with change, things are going to stay the same. Mm. And it's like, that's not going to happen. That isn't how change works. It's called change. I'm nervous. Uh, yeah, and you have every reason to be. Is two hours good? I mean... <sighs> It's not no. that much different, right? Yeah. When you factor in the ad times, uh, it'll be like an hour 25 minus commercials. 
that's not that much longer than the show currently is. And we yeah. often f- complain that NXT doesn't always have time for Do- things. Yeah, it doesn't get to show everything. And I hope that it lets them, and I think we have some pe- some listeners who will agree with me here because I know that they also like this. Yeah. I hope that it allows it to like show a little bit more of the early NXT actual developmental stuff. Oh, where yeah. Where you can you know, show some uh, some greener people and, and uh, developing. I like all that stuff. Like There's something kind of nerdy and fun about that. Here's one positive yeah. that I will say. That like that ultimately this change will lead to the better because you said at best things will stay yeah. the same. Here's one Convince thing. Convince me out of it. Here's one thing that will improve. It's gonna be live every Wednesday night. It's taping live from Full Sail. Is it? So there will no longer be these. Oh, my understanding was it was not. Oh, I I, I read that it was. Okay, this is wrestling coverage for you. Because <laughs> because like to me. I don't always watch NXT, and I should. I feel like I yeah, should. Sure. But it's hit that same spot where, like, back in high school or, like, when I was watching, you know, religiously in my in the first phase of my fandom some fucking 20 years ago now, yeah. SmackDown was in a spot where, like, I didn't always watch SmackDown because mm-hmm. I didn't always need to because I could go online on Tuesday and read exactly what happened. Yeah. And so I can go online once a month and read what's going to happen in the entirety of the upcoming months of NXT right now. Right. And I don't always do that, but sometimes I do. And then I feel like I don't need to watch. Yeah, that's almost a, a weird curse, eh? It's like, oh, why am I doing this? And then it does – there's no way it can't sap the, the entertainment from it, right? So not having spoilers, would I be more inclined to watch NXT every week than I currently do? I would say the answer is probably yes. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. You're also, I mean, Captain AEW. Yeah. Like, if you're – are you actually going to take on another four hours of television a week? No. There's no way you no, are. No. And I'm not saying there's no way you will. There's no way anyone will. Yeah. Who on earth is watching three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown? Or no, three hours of SmackDown now, right? Three hours of Raw. I'm really curious what's going to happen to 205 Live when SmackDown moves to Friday. It's also going to four hours, 205 Live. It's, just, <laughs> but no, so what, what is it going to be? It's three hours Raw, yeah. three hours SmackDown. So that's six. Yeah. Two hours NXT, eight. Two hours AEW. Ten. Ten. That's without 205 Live or any independent. And any pay-per-views. And pay-per-views, takeovers, nothing. Ten. Impact. I mean, who was watching I that know, to begin I with? I know. Just, but, like, I'm talking about the diets. New, we already even New Japan, show. though. Like. For, for the show, we already watch Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Most, or that's I watch that most yeah. And you watch most of that. I watch weeks. 205 if I don't right. watch NXT. Right. There's no fucking way. Like, there's just no way. And so that doesn't mean... Like, I'm actually very eager to watch the AEW programming. I'm so curious to see what it looks like. Like, it's going to feel fresh. Just in a presentation sense. Like, for sure, all that stuff. And, like, you know, there's no better time to build a wrestling company than out the gate. Like, if they have long-term planning. Like, they have a lot of advantages going their way to make some compelling television out the gate. And they've had a year to get everything in yeah. order. So, like, I do expect things to hit the ground running on some level. If they don't, I mean, like. I think AEW, you're not actually going to be able to gauge what the TV looks like until, what, six months into it? Like, you've got to think they've got every... But when you're into the doldrums, when it's summer, and they've already crowned the tag champs, they've done the... Like, all the big stuff's out of the way. What does the TV look like? But I'm expecting the beginning portion of it to be, you know, a rocket ship. Like, there's... They have a lot of stuff to get on the ground, a lot of people to introduce, a lot of stakes. Like, that's exciting. And, I mean, what do we say every time an AEW pay-per-view comes around? 
I'm excited to see what this looks like because I think it's going to be like a, a tipping tip the hand towards what the TV will yeah. look like. Well, you know, it's do you feel that the sizzle has died off a little bit? Though? A little bit, but I do think All Out will bring it all back. Yeah, I hope they're so. about to crown all their champions. Yeah, like and that last show, Fight for the Fallen. I forget Fight for the Fallen and Fighter Fest. Which Fight one for the I, Fallen? We I didn't watch it. Yeah, me neither. And I think that's because it felt like. Just kind of tonally. And also, there was just too much stuff going on that weekend. I I didn't have time for it, and the G1 was going on, so I didn't even have time to go back and watch it. Like, just no, there there was too much wrestling in July this year. Oh, my Lord. That said, I got to down a bunch of G1 after uh, Toronto. Mm -hmm. Wow, no complaints here. That is, wow, that was a good G1. Honestly, I don't even know who won. Oh, I'm not going to say anything. Do you know what the final is? No. Okay, that's because, awesome. Because the final was going on the same night as SummerSlam, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I I was in another planet, basically. That's I've fantastic. I completely disconnected from that. I, I got to go back and watch that. Yeah, stuff. I would – here's all I'll say it without spoilers. The babyface who's in the finals, mm-hmm. I would go out of your way to watch both of his matches, the semis – or, well, the second last and the, the finals match. Both are outstanding. Okay. And leads to a, a pretty interesting um, next step. All right, I'm 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 intrigued. My no spoiler G1 review. I just felt like I got, I I was into the G1 this year, and then SummerSlam weekend like pulled me out of it. Yeah, it's hard because you're away from the laptop, away from torrenting, exactly. away from all, or uh, away from New Japan World, where we watch everything above board and legally. Which we do. Which we do, by the way. Yes, we do. <laughs> we that is the only way I have ever watched it. I couldn't tell you how to torrent something on ExtremeWrestlingTorrents.com. Donate twenty dollars for unlimited upload cap a year. If I had to, can I can I say something no. now? Yeah, of as course. we move on, and get, we do here. get back to SummerSlam. Yes. Uh, every time, like people get really down and into a funk on WWE. Oh sure. I yeah. tend to say like I think this is more a you thing than a the product. Yep. Thing. Yep. And maybe you need to take some time away and come back to it. Yeah, vacation all I ever wanted. I feel like I need to say that to myself right now. You Be- need because I do feel like the television. Over the last two weeks, has been very good. No doubt. Yeah, I thought I haven't seen SmackDown this week. Full disclosure, we're recording this Wednesday uh, earlier than we normally would. I haven't seen SmackDown, but I thought Raw was great this week. I but, thought Raw was good last week too. But as someone who sat through four shows in a row, uh, four days straight, like yeah. my entire vacation was WWE live programming. Yeah. I don't know that I have like the ability to discern what's good and what's <laughs> bad anymore. Like, I'm so yes. my brain has become numb to everything. That's very real. Yeah. Like that's even even on those weekends where we just watch a ton, it's like the stuff that stands out isn't always the best stuff. It's just stuff that feels different or memorable for mm-hmm. something. It's a moment's business, right? Like you're talking about the Sasha heel turn. Like it's like totally effectual. They did a really good job of it. But you just saw so many matches that it's like, what stands out? The moments. Yeah. Jim, well, let's talk about SummerSlam, but let's lead with, I mean, what what do you want to call The Fiend? What what do you want to call it? A happening within WWE, something that feels genuinely it's exciting. It's an event. Something that they're giving me faith they know what they're doing with. Uh, that is the one thing where I'm like, okay, there's no momentous moment to come out of NXT. There were no title changes. Yeah. There's no Johnny's goodbye. There's nothing that you're going to look back and say, I was there for something historic. But SummerSlam? I'm they- glad that I got the tickets last minute just to have gotten to see that. We saw the debut of one of the biggest gimmicks in the entire industry. Going. Going. Like, for, and I would say this, I could see this going as hard as it is right now for for years to come, honestly. It, like, it, it is so, 
It is everything that has been missing. Because when I talk to people who are lapsed fans, yeah. and I talk to a lot of lapsed yeah. fans, because I'm the wrestling guy of now, course. especially now that I've leaned into it as my media persona. I'm yeah. trying to become like the wrestling guy yeah. of Vancouver, yes. not just the wrestling guy of like people that I know or right. whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people who, who talk to me about like loving watching the Attitude Era and loving all these larger-than-life kind of cartoon gimmicks like Mankind or Kane or like these these otherworldly like wrestling is fake well obviously it's fake give me the fakest thing you can exactly the fiend is that it is so fake and and like whenever someone is like you know i have friends who who like i said love mankind love mick foley love Mm. kane love the undertaker they want that now they want to know if I tune in to watch wrestling today, what is the thing like that that I can watch that I will hook into? And for the longest time, I've had nothing to point them towards. Yep. Really nothing. I've been like, well, you might like Kevin Owens, but his gimmick is he's a prize fighter fighting for his family, but he's kind of a dick about it. Yeah. That's nothing like uh, I'm a demon from hell. Or Alistair like, Black's y- probably the closest. Yeah, exactly. And even he's just kind of like, I like metal music. I'm sort of a cult ish but we will never talk to about what that means in relation to my character the fiend is so like deeply colorful and memorable that he makes everything around him seem gray to me like it is so wwe is just such shit with nuance and yet everything about the fiend's rollout feels nuanced down to his theme that has the bray wyatt laugh yeah it has the oh you'll forgive me both versions of the yowie wowie hurt heel hurt and heel um did you see this this thing uh, sort of resurface on Twitter this week? This promo he cut in NXT about the man in the woods? No. I mean, I, who knows if this is luck, but Bray Wyatt cuts a promo in NXT that basically sounds like he's describing The Fiend. He's like, Sister Abigail told me not to go see the man in the woods, never go see the man in the woods. I'm not going to recreate the whole thing, but then ultimately goes, the greatest danger of the man in the woods is you. You are the man in the woods, the demon deep inside. It sounds like he's describing the fucking fiend. Mm-hmm. This is in NXT. This is 2013, 14. Yeah. Craziness, man. But we we were talking a second ago about moments. Yeah. The oh, moments yeah. that stand out. For, for me, it's those two solitary figures, Cole and Gargano, standing in the ring, sizing each other up. Yeah. The, the crowd at both of their backs. That's a moment. Mm-hmm. And li- when I say moment, I mean it's literal seconds. Yeah. I got chills in the moment, and then the moment was gone and the match began. With Sasha, Sasha comes out. That is itself a moment. Sasha attacks Natalia, yeah. rips the wig off, reveals the new hair color. That is a moment. Mm-hmm. Beats down Becky with a chair. Those are three separate moments. The Fiend, from beginning to end, the magic never stopped. No. Like, no. His entrance to the match, to his exit, the entire thing crackled with electricity. When, when they were, uh, you know, the entrance is happening, and I can't really tell what he's holding, and then I see on the, the big screen that it's the Bray Wyatt head lantern, mm-hmm. I was just like... No part of this went unthought. That it opened just very briefly, the Firefly Funhouse. I just thought this was so wonderful. In fact, I liked it so much that it made me want Brock Lesnar to continue holding the Universal title. So that you could get The Fiend versus Brock Lesnar? I just, I could not help but think of if you kept the, the Fiend super scarce. He just pops up, maybe does Finn Balor, not him, but like something like that. Not even on the next pay-per-view. I mean on like the next A pay-per-view. He shows up, squash, squash. Survivor Series. That's right. And then maybe at the Rumble, Brock defends again. He squashes somebody, boo. 
lights out, and the fiend is in the ring with Brock Lesnar, and hand in his mouth. Match. I think I think people would come unfucking glued for that. Right. I think it would be the biggest. Here's this Brock Lesnar is so emblematic of all these things we hate. Who could take him down? And no one would see the evil force now to everybody. This, we already love the gimmick. Now he's against Brock, who we hate. Obviously, this isn't going to happen. But my mind was running wild with that idea when I saw him enter. I was just like, God, if you could book him this strong, you could make him believable against Brock. And not in a, oh, maybe I can sneak one. He'll run into the fucking post thing. No, he can go mano a mano with Brock, the fiend. I just thought you could have really had something there. But alas. No, you're absolutely correct. Uh, who who do you want the fiend to go to now? I don't know, man. And and there is scarcity to it. I, Apparently they were planning to run him again or have a fiend segment on either Raw or SmackDown no, last week, no. but decided that it would be too much all at the same time. Yeah. I so I they, was they disappointed took, for you because I knew you were there. I wanted it real bad and I was disappointed that we didn't get it. Yes, but I was glad they didn't. Well, they took a hold. week off, though. They they, they, they attacked uh, Jerry Lawler this week. Which was, but that was great, too, because that was like a new wrinkle. That was like that was like the Scream That's version right. of a horror movie where it's like the guy in the movie is like, well, I've seen this before. I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. And there's no escaping the Fiend. That's right. And, although that said, I even didn't like him. Listen, I like the Fiend attacking Jerry Lawler because fuck Jerry Lawler. <laughs> but, but you I, know what, though? I will say I thought King was good on commentary. Oh, sure. Yeah, he's only on it for like half an hour. But yeah. there was like, there's some witticisms in here that like, I kind of miss. He's not shit. Like, yeah. there's worse commentators than the King, for sure. It was just nice to be free of Corey Graves. Yeah, week. sure. There is there is something to that. Although I think Graves is a good commentator. I, I know it's what you too mean. too much it's arguing. He's yeah. too mad all yeah, the time. Like, Relax. Yeah, like, I thought David Otunga was a heel commentator on SmackDown this week, but he was chill about it. And it was like... This is this is comfortable. This, like this has it. the dynamic of like babyface commentator heel. Yes, three of you. It's wonderful, but it's not grating because there's not one guy like trying to start a fight the entire show. Uh, yeah, no, no, totally. And not, I, not I to, think not no, to no. turn this into like the shit on Corey Graves. No, no, no. Right? But I think there's there's some validity to that. I I always like to just calm down, Corey. Yeah. Corey. Come visit British Columbia. It'll yeah. help you chill out. If you know what I'm, I'm saying. I mean, he was here. He was in Vancouver not true. that long ago. I guess that's true. Um, I would like to say this about... Uh, I wouldn't mind The Fiend never being on television. Like, if TV is Firefly Funhouse... I was sort of expecting, like, Monday or Tuesday that Bray to do Firefly Funhouse and just be like... I tried to warn you. You didn't want to, you know. I feel like it's been a while since we've had a Firefly fan. Well, and we've gotten the sort of, you know, adjacent ones. The, like, like promo versions where it's clearly in, like, a yeah. room that's just a sheet hanging off a wall. I think we talked about this. Now, I, I don't like it. You yeah. don't like those either? No, I was saying last show that, like, just fucking go to the... Yes. Wherever the set is built. Yes. Film, like, five of them Put in them a in row. Put them in the can. Yeah. Because you know what the plot line is. Yes. Build the feud when on Funhouse. Especially when you have a character that's such limited use, how do you not know what you're going to do with him? Well, and, and that's the thing. And also it sort of solves the problem where it's like, how do you have the Fiend wrestle? I think you can have Bray Wyatt be like a pacifist character who never wants to fight. And, like, some people do beat him up. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. and that's just like then their opponent don't look like total morons just getting crushed by the fiend. It's like people will pick on Bray Wyatt will come for him, but it does. It'll just be listen. It'll be a clear version of what Finn Balor's demon should have been. Like it's, 
I should have warned you. You don't want to see it. Like, I, and I wanted to see Mercy the Buzzard and Ramblin' mm. Rabbit like reacting to like the fiend came out and killing Finn Balor. I got a question for you that just popped into my mind. Yeah, ask it because somebody who uh, it occurred to me last night there was a mystery angle on SmackDown last night. Oh, a man in a hood. You could spoil it for me. Uh, they they pulled off the hood in the end to reveal who was really behind the forklift attack. Oh, and they it did. Was, and it was a man who looked exactly like Rowan. He just, he was like, he was like <laughs> Rowan's what? identical twin. And it was like, see, Buddy thought he saw Rowan, but he just saw this guy instead. They didn't address it. They pulled the hood off and there was like 30 seconds of silence as Brian and Roman and Rowan and the guy just kind of traded glances. It was utterly bizarre. It was like Twin Peaks levels of just absurdity. Why was the guy under a hood? Because it was a mystery who he was throughout the entire show. They <laughs> let him into a room and they were like, don't you dare think of running away. You're going to face punishment for what you did so people are going crazy throughout this entire show trying to come up with ideas of like who's the man under the hood who could it possibly be and one of the names that jumped out at me is like luke harper like where the fuck is luke harper he's probably still being punished he's so good man he's so good he's probably just being punished because he asked for his release right but if you're not like use him use like he wouldn't ask for his release if you were using him for something I hope they don't use him. I really do. Really? I hope they keep him off TV and he can hit the indies and show... Uh, not the indies. I, I think I've been very vocal on the show. I think New Luke Japan. Harper is born for New Japan. Yeah. I hope he can go to New Japan, join Suzuki Goon, and show WWE. It's like, you just had this big man Hoss who can wrestle. They're going to do the same thing to D-Jack, I bet. I bet they're going to get D-Jack and totally botch him. Like, Apparently, they're leaning in right now. The big program building on NXT is... Keith Lee and Dijak. So that, listen, I'm not. I know those are good matches, but like, why They've are done we? It yeah, it's like why are we matching up the thing you can go on YouTube and see happen three times. Exactly. But anyway, it's uh, yeah. But it's te- so not so, using Harper as criminal. So Harper wasn't being used in that. But I I don't know if you would want to have the fiend be so completely separate from the old Wyatt family. Oh, what if you introduce Luke Harper as kind of like a sideshow Bob, kind of wow. like like to to uh, you know. To braise Krusty the Clown, like uh, a a child uh, show, like sidekick, a s- sideshow Mel or whatever, you know. I think, Madman, that the listeners right now are saying I don't like that idea. Too tied to the Wyatt family, and I am here to stand beside my hashtag good friend and say I am two feet into the pool, all in on this idea. I think that sort of takes like the whole absurdity of Firefly on Funhouse to another level because there are all these winks to the Wyatt family throughout the entire gimmick. The whole thing is like built off of the Wyatt family. And I think with like those crazy eyes and like I think like he could really be an effective... I uh, think he could be funny too. I I think there's a lot of reason to think that. No, I, I actually really love that. Now... It's like so many things in wrestling. They would have to do it right. Like if he's in the stained wife beater and it's just like on the no, nose, it Wyatt family. No, it couldn't be that. He'd need to be – he'd need to family-friendly himself too. It would need to be like sweater vest style. Uh, how about you ditch the beard? How about that? Ooh. How about shaved beard shows up? He'd be so no. weird looking. He'd be insane. But either way, I really do think you're onto something here. And it gets – and didn't Bray tease something like this on Twitter in the past couple weeks? Possibly. Yes, I think somebody tweeted him, get Luke Harper on Firefly Funhouse, and he said, I'm working on it. Yeah. I could be wrong about the exact wording, but he definitely said something to that effect. I didn't but... remember that when I came up no, with I'm this sure. idea. No, no, no. This I... was just like the idea of well, Luke Harper I... being involved in this just came to me in this exact uh, second. Yeah. I really love that idea. The fact that, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if you thought of this as well, but just hearing you talk about this. 
The fact that there's two Eric Rowans on TV and zero Luke Harpers is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there's that, any but, justice. But, hey, here's justice. Some some justice in the world. Yeah. Eric Rowan got his first name back last night. Oh, did he? Daniel Bryan on the mic, and then the commentators throughout the entire show called him Eric Rowan. Good. I'm happy and to And it's that. because Rowan and Roman is too similar. You just switch the W upside down. <laughs> is that why? I mean, it's got to be why, right? Like, Hey, that's why they got rid of Bobby Lashley's spear. When Buddy Murphy was being pressed into the wall and being made to give up a name, and he said Rowan, didn't it sound like he said Roman? Too <laughs> Roman? Roman to, yeah. It was you, actually. <laughs> it was you, Roman. You did it, it to you yourself. all along. Oh, my goodness. A couple. Let's talk about a couple other things here from SummerSlam, J-Mo. Yeah. Uh, I said it earlier, I think you agree, Trish Stratus and Charlotte, who thought these two were going to have a great match. Super fun. I thought it was really, I don't even mean like fun or exceeded expectations. I'm saying I thought it was a good match. I, I do have one complaint. Yeah, and I voiced this to you on the night when we met up after the show. Uh, I didn't like that sh- that Trish tapped out. Oh, yeah. It's like, like, I get what you mean. Like, don't just whatever, do the exact same match, but don't use the figure eight as the finish. Have her have Charlotte hit the natural selection and pin Trish one two three because look, we knew this was a retirement match. We we know that a retiring figure is going to go out on their back yep. and put over the young talent. Staring at but the I, lights. But I never want to see someone quit the business in their match. Like to literally tap out and say I can't do this anymore. No one. Well, there's one guy. Um, who? Oh, I think I think. The ultimate build, like one of the great payoffs in wrestling, is eventually it's an I quit match and John Cena gives up. Yes. I think that's the ultimate long-term storytelling, a career of never give up, all this sort of thing. That is true. Him, but in a match like this, yeah, it's like a mean. celebration of Trish's career. I would rather that she get pinned than she tap out. And yeah. I, I feel stupid no, no. trying to d- like draw a line between those two things. Uh, but there is a difference between getting pinned and submitting. It felt disappointing to me that she tapped out. In Canada, too. Yes. But, uh, but as a performance. I mean, Charlotte had to literally carry her yeah, in she, places. It is literally like Trish jump onto Charlotte the match. The, <laughs> like, the running bulldog thing that she does off yeah. the ropes. What's Is that the That's Stratus? Stratus. Fear? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, it's been a it's, long time since I've watched a true Stratus match, same. and I didn't. We neither of us had commentary. At exactly. So when she tried the to Stratosphere, when she tried to do that, like that Charlotte's literally carrying her to hit the ropes. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. She she had an easier time doing those spots when she came back for Evolution. Yeah. And, and the women's rumble before that, I feel like. But look, I, I talked with Trish uh, the day before the match. Any the, takeaways? The most charming person you could ever hope to meet. Wow, like she's the biggest sweetheart in the world. Wow. And she was like asking to. I didn't. I didn't have to ask to have my photo taken with her. She wanted her photo taken with me. Wow. We're sitting on the couch going back and forth. She's like, I like this little cozy thing we got going on here. Can you guys take a bunch of photos of us? Hey, like, that's kind of nice. Absolutely. This is great. Two she, beauties in one photo. She came over and she was like. Like, uh, so what's your deal? I'm like, well, this is my uh, first time, uh, you know, officially interviewing WWE people. Yeah. She's like, this is your first interview ever? Oh. Like, and I was like, no, not exactly. But she's like doing this as a joke, like building a gag bit out of it and being like, okay, well, just don't be like, don't be nervous. That's nice. Just don't be visibly shaking and try not to ask any weird questions and everything will go fine. Oh, I-, I, I perfectly segued from that being like, well, enough about my nerves. When you look at the way that like Shawn Michaels and Goldberg have been received in their return matches, 
oh. how nervous are you heading into tomorrow? And she had a great answer. She was, you know, she she's just a pro. She That's awesome. is clearly someone who um, is like very comfortable handling the media. Because you, I contrast how I felt when I was talking to her with how like standoffish it was to interview like uh, you know Mandy Rose, for example, like just people oh, really? that are not comfortable with the media. Yeah, wow. She, Trish is like the biggest sweetie. I had the best time talking to her. Any other anecdotes? Any anything surprising with any of these wrestlers you got to interview? Uh, anything um, stands out in your mind? When I talk, I know that's a hard question. When I talked to Big E, I asked him like to join the group chat. <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> but I also asked him like, you know. Whenever people looked at New Day and who was going to get the big solo push out of it, yeah. fans would always think that would be you. But it seems like you and Xavier have always known that Kofi was the guy. And I feel like if I asked Xavier that question, he would have doubled down on what I said and been like, it's always been Kofi. Kofi's our hero. Kofi's yeah. the man. Blah, blah, blah. Biggie did not give me that. Oh. That's what I was teeing him up for. What did he say? And he was like, I want a solo run of my own. Oh. I don't, I don't want to break up the group. I think New Day should stay together, but we should be able to do our individual things I agree with him. while staying together. I want a big solo run. And I asked him point blank, like, do you think you could challenge Kofi for the title without breaking up the group? Sort of a bend but don't yeah, break situation. Yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah, possibly. We could do that. Like, he, he wants... I'd be into that, actually. That'd be a really interesting match dynamic. I don't know. like It's almost impossible to imagine Kofi versus Big E. I know. I, that's good. I heard him talking with other people because I was at a table with two other media outlets, and the talent would kind of bounce from one seat to the other around the table. Yeah. And uh, I heard him talking in another interview that was going on next to me about how like he's come to love tag team wrestling and the dynamic of it. Uh, just through the opportunities that they've been given and, and sort of having to adapt to it. Yeah. But I think, like, deep down, he really still wants to be a big monster solo guy. Do you think he can? I think so, for sure, man. Oh, oh, sorry. I worded that poorly. Do you think there's any chance they go with it? He's been on the roster a long time, and there's just so many new people. That's true, but, like, think of how long Kofi had to wait. Yeah, yeah. True, very true. Biggie, there's, there is, there's always going to be money in a... Biggie Haas solo run, especially when if you set up a a Haas champion, whether it's a Braun Strowman or you know a guy like that, yeah, you need that's... other monsters to go against him, and uh, Biggie's always going to be one of those guys. But that that's a standout for me for sure. No, and Mustafa Ali, too many good stories from him. Oh, that's read great. it in Sports Illustrated next week. Hey, there we go. You'll share that from the Top Marks account at Top Marks Pod next week when that comes out. Hell yeah. Let's get to it, J-Mo. Pop freaking culture happened. It did. At SummerSlam. It did. He's on Fallon. He's, <laughs> he's on Saturday Night Live. It did, not, it did not rocket him to the next level. But you know what? If there is a if AEW has had uh, any sort of effect on WWE, it's that there was pyro on this show. Yeah, that was awesome. There was pyro to go off the air. Seth holding the belt and the fireworks going off behind him. I thought it was a great visual. Kick I thought ass. the match was awesome. Was it? And this is so hard because I feel like we're both so like cemented in these opinions that it's almost like hard to be objective mm -hmm. about. But you've you've long sort of described like the twenty five minute barn burner between those two, and it wasn't as long. It wasn't as but long. But was it? Did it deliver on like the? I can't say crown jewel. <laughs> um, like was it the cherry on top of this feud that I've been yeah. looking forward to all along? Um, yes and no. Yeah. I would have liked it to get bloody the way sure. that the Roman matches did. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Has Seth ever bled before? 
I don't. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Maybe, maybe back in the day, because I have some memory of like the blonde streak in his hair, maybe getting. Oh yeah, up. that actually rings a bell for me too. But not in a long while. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, that would have. And when they did the spot on the outside where he pushed him into the ring post a couple times, yeah. I was expecting that to be a repeat spot of the Roman Mania match. <laughs> Dude, putting his forehead open. <laughs> Brock loves hitting the post. He loves. He is it. obsessed. It's like the only. It's like I don't want to bump for these guys, but I'll I'll run into it like yeah. Braun does and on the outside you can run me into it absolutely like, he loves it so i wanted i wanted some color in the match i feel like that would have put it over yeah the top in i hadn't really of thought epicness. of that that could have been cool but it, but in terms of like because they've they've had a number of meetings in the ring but they've never had a match until that main event where it's like we're gonna not handicap either guy no shenanigans no shenanigans no like having to paint Seth is this sniveling heel who's too cowardly yeah. to, to hit the his The Undertaker moves. isn't going to pop up. Exactly. They they followed through. Because, like, the spot that I've long loved of these two guys is the German suplex into landing on his feet. I was sad we weren't sitting beside each other for that because they do that right out the gate in the match. I was like, oh, J-Mo must have just totally I lost it. it. <laughs> I loved it. And, the, and, like, when they did it the first time in that battleground match where Seth is a heel, yeah. he lands on his feet and then tries to, like, run away. Yeah. And that's, like... Come on, on so some level. You well, know, not like, lame. It's yeah, like I get the character, character but, but like, yeah, I want that spot, but played for within a a battle. And within, you got it, yeah, yeah. And we did get it. And I thought there were a number of good spots in this match. The like picking up by the waistband bandages, oh, yeah. spinning them around, looked brutal. I just love how strong he looks. I, I thought Brock sold the hell out of the curb stomp. Uh, I thought like just going dead. It's so it's just so rare to see Brock. Like that, I really thought it was effectual. Well, your talking point always is that he's like one of the best sellers. He just never chooses to sell. I, I maintain that. I didn't think it was like fully on display in this match necessarily, but like when he does, like I think he's one of the, for the Joe match comes to mind. It's like one of the ultimate tributes you can be paid in the business is like yeah. Brock Lesnar chooses to sell for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somewhere right now Finn Balor's crying in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> he sees him like stays down for the curb stomp, and then he's just like. But the, the coup de grog, it's a 2.1. <laughs> but Just, here's what I will say. Yeah. It was a good match. Yeah, I agree. I enjoyed it a it, lot. It delivered on what I wanted, on what I've long wanted from this pairing yeah. for a long time. I'm glad that it's over. Yeah, it's also. nice to be on the other side of it. And, and, and not just that, but like, but we get the proper Seth. Universal title yeah. run now. Well, like, the I proper one should have been right after that gauntlet it's match. True. But you're, you are right. It's like Brock's out of, I hope, out of the picture. They've they've written him out basically. Could we still get the Fiend and Brock no title? Yeah, you could. Okay. Could we get Roman and Goldberg at Mania, please, for the love of God? I think didn't I say on two weeks ago? I yeah. think that's what they're building towards. Yeah, we spear versus spear. Yeah. yeah, I think that's for sure what's gonna happen. And you know what? You know what? I, who I have to give credit to now here too? Dolph Ziggler. Yes. Oh, best Dolph Ziggler match of all time. It was. He's so funny lately. Like just the. <laughs> The the repeated getting on the mic and being like dead, but being like, oh, you you, I wasn't ready, Dude, <laughs> you coward. I, I was howling at SummerSlam because the first time was funny to me when he's like, oh, anyone could hit one move. Yeah. And I forget what he said. The second time was like, anyone can hit one move twice any, or something. Any idiot can hit the same move twice. twice yeah, like that. that really got me. And then they play Goldberg's music and again. Then, and then he did it to Miz the next night, and he literally yeah. he underlined what his gimmick is right now, which is that he's 
the Black Knight from Monty Python. Right, cut off the arm. He literally That's... said it's he, when Miz got him. He said it's just a flesh wound, and Miz it's... came back down and hit him with the skull crushing. It is finale. the exact same thing. It's so good though. Like they and he. Him and Roman had great chemistry. The match that opened Raw this week was a very yeah, good match. I thought I thought that as well. This is a full month now where Dolph Ziggler has been a standout on WWE television every time he's on it. Like, they deserve credit on some level for rehabilitating. They have a long way to go. They have a lot of guys to rehab. But they've he, done a good job. Is he rehabilitated? Uh, he's he's ent- taking whoopings from he these has. guys. He's getting... Squash, yeah, but he's in a role where yeah. you want to see him. Yeah, I don't want to put a bullet in my mouth when I see Dolph Ziggler, and he's entertaining every time he's on TV. Yeah, who knew that to get me to like Dolph Ziggler, you just needed Goldberg to beat the piss out of him for twelve <laughs> minutes or whatever it was. But <laughs> but here we and and frankly, here we are saying rehab for mm-hmm. Dolph, much better than Goldberg versus Taker. Yeah, both those guys came out of that match looking. Uh, I mean, ultimately, it's like. How hard is that for Goldberg to pull off? But but still, it's yeah, like he's, he's... he just hit four moves on a guy that he can actually lift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god. But, but we're into a stage now where like Seth is free of Brock and free to have like free to have a long term feud, which they won't get to right now because AJ is still going to be involved for Rick, with Ricochet yeah. for probably a couple more months. Well, we got we got to get back to Baron Corbin. Yes. I think that's where um, we, no, that's what. But we... like there, this is there's a. <laughs> A brawn feud brewing right now. Yes, yes. And this is a this is a huge test for Seth. To me, this is like where it really begins. What kind of top guy are you? Can you get a main event match out of Braun Strowman? Because Roman can do it. I think I think there's a lot of reason to think Seth can. There, I think so too. He just needs to be a little smarter. I think playing into some of the moves that he has and not being able to pull them off could be really fun. Like we complain about sort of the routeness of like that Falcon Arrow spot. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see him like try for the superplex when Braun's up there and then sell the back and then Braun's beating down the back and now okay maybe the fire up is just going for the curb stomp like I think that's a way more interesting story than like he's the F I don't want to see him playing high flyer against Braun Strongman I feel like that's every Braun match I think there's yeah. a more interesting story to be told about Seth having to go to his moveset moves that aren't lift and, and part of part of the reason why I feel like the company has been reluctant to put Braun in the top position is that they don't know how to book around him. Yeah. I, well, I, and that's – I understand that, too. Yeah, of course, because every time they've done it, they've had to do something crazy. That's right. Where, like, Brock rips the door off of Hell in a Cell and yeah. interrupts the ma- – like, whatever. You yeah. know, like, they, there's always some shenanigans that gets us out of having a, an actual finish to the match because they don't know how to book around Strowman's limitations. Yes. If Seth can have a – dynamite match in the main event with Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. Like, I have reason to believe that this is not this is a top guy and this is somebody that the crowd will get back on yeah. board with the way that they were a year and a half ago. I don't think it would take much. I think you're right. Like, if he had a really good Braun program and then... So, it, it's sort of funny because it's so obviously just leading to a program, but mm-hmm. I actually think they're kind of a weirdly good tag team in a way. Yeah. Uh, Seth and Braun. I thought that match was good. I do love uh, the just like... Lusting after yeah. the title, just gazing like, at oh, it constantly. Yeah. And like Seth, but why wouldn't he, man? He's been in the company for so long. Never held the top. Belt. Never been offered a chance at that, other than when he briefly held Money in the Bank. Is his only? I know he has the greatest Royal Rumble belt, whatever you want to call that. But is he just a two-time tag yep. champ? Nicholas. He doesn't have any singles titles. Nicholas and Seth. Wow, that is hilarious. And Seth right now is building up a collection of tag title partners that might rival Kane by the end of his career. Yeah, how many has Seth won at Roman, with? Dean, Jason Jordan, and Braun. Braun. Wow, that's a lot. I forgot about Jason Jordan. Yeah. Holy shit. 
Uh, yeah, I, I feel sort of optimistic about uh, Seth. Well, I feel optimistic about the universal title scene sans Brock Lesnar, I guess. And I if that's... can't wait for us to get a heel AJ with the club versus Seth. Yeah, the there's, there's a lot of reason to look forward to and that. And I hope AJ takes it, because I hope we get AJ in the club versus New Day. At Survivor Series. I think you're going to. You have to. I think it's, I mean, it is the, you know, as we all know, it's the only time of year where Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> but there's another trio right now going head-to-head with the New Day that I might be even more into than the OC. Who's that? We got to talk about them because it's your guys. Oh! The top guys, the Revival, teaming with Randy Orton. And for whatever reason, it works, man. Yeah, I, I love it. It's one of those things that, like, if you would have told me on Sunday, it's like, Josh, they're pairing the Revival with Randy Orton. I would have been like, Get oh, the no. fuck out of here. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's, you know, it, adds, it lends them some star power. It makes them effectual. They're methodical wrestlers. He's a methodical wrestler. It's hard to see where it goes and, like, how long it is. And I don't like Randy as, like, the leader of it because I think Scott Dawson is twice the talker of either of the guys I think there. Randy on the mic has been very good he, over the last month, though. Like, the best he's been maybe ever. I agree, but will he swallow the mic time of Scott Dawson, who yeah. I think is really yeah, good? Right, it, it's right. like – and that that's not – Slighting Randy, it's that I'm just personally more interested in Scott Dawson getting over than Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. But if I can ignore that wrinkle, yeah, yeah, let's do it. I I like the trios; they're popping up everywhere. And it's it's you know what? Like the fact that they have ignored tag team wrestling on so long for so long on some level leaves them with all these pairings. Like the fact that they can go- roll out this match on Monday and say the New Day have never beaten the Revival ever. Yeah, well, the, I remember right before uh, Dash Wilder got injured, they beat the New Day, who were champs at the time, I yeah, think, and I think they beat match them in TV. their debut also. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and, like, so you put that pairing together and you throw out that factoid that this is a team that has never lost yeah. to the New Day. You dangle that in front of me as a pay-per-view match, are New Day probably going to win the match? Yes. But well, I'm enticed by that pairing. Are, do you think New Day will win for sure? I think you could extend it because you have to remember, Kofi and Randy went to a non-finish. That's true. So it's like, do do the, do the heels get the one up and then they go back for Orton to lose for just the title? I think you could very much see that happening. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. And it's a tantalizing pairing in a time where there's not a lot of tantalizing pairings no. that you they, that you haven't done yet. Kofi does feel sort of out of opponents in some way. I they feel like to... there's more guys for him if they really wanted to heat somebody. Got to get Zayn going. Got got to got to throw Andrade in there. C- can you explain this to me on SmackDown last night? The Zayn and Nakamura pairing. Zayn comes out on Miz TV, tells the Miz that uh, he doesn't want to talk to him. He just needed the TV time. <laughs> he didn't want to be on Miz TV. He just wanted to be on Miz TV. That's funny. Uh, because he needs to announce this big change that he's made. Okay. Because he's lost his way. Okay. He's fallen into the same trap that everybody's fallen into, whether it's the audience, whether it's the wrestlers. Everybody gets lost in greed. Yes. They think only of themselves. Right. And Sammy needs to break that trap. He needs to get back to what worked for him, which was everything that he's ever done. His greatest successes have always been fighting for a cause, fighting for something bigger than himself. Which is true. And, and he wants to get back to doing that again. He's going to fight for the people who cannot speak. He's going to be a voice for the people who cannot be a voice for themselves. The voice of the voiceless? Yes, yeah, something like that. CM <laughs> <laughs> Punk return confirmed. And his first uh, client, if we're going to have him be an advocate or a manager, basically, is Shinsuke Nakamura. Can now, I- it seemed to me, though... 
that this was the the seed planting for a stable of heels led by Sami Zayn. I don't think it's just going to be Zayn and Nakamura. Okay, so let's... I'm all in on him leading a faction of not just him and Nakamura. But can we talk about what a fucking no-brainer, awesome pairing Nakamura and Zayn is? It's so weird on some level. Like It, it is, but then you think of like... The NXT And they match. look good together. I don't... I can't explain how or why. It just fits perfectly. But you also think about a guy who's limited promo-wise, and the talent Sammy has on the mic as a heel. Mm-hmm. I'm all in. I love this pairing. I haven't even seen the show yet, uh, and I'm, I'm very geeked out by it. We're probably going to get a Miz versus Nakamura IC title match at uh, Clash of Champions. Which, can I be honest about something? No. I can't ever get it right if it's Night of Champions or Clash of Champions. Well, that's not your fault. That's yeah. not your fault. Cause Cause it, was, it was Night of Champions up until they'd... 2016, and then I think it's Clash of Champions for 17, 18, 19. Yeah, but Night of Champions sounds like a pay-per-view. Clash you... of Champions sounds like a mobile I... game. Yeah, it totally does. <laughs> it's I know uh, Night of Champions, we, we both owe a lot to that pay-per-view. That we? Is, we absolutely do. That is uh, what Mike Noble and I reignite what we know is as Boyfriend Club now, the first pay-per-view we re-watched at their house in Surrey, him and Brodo and Max. And so and no, I, none of this would have happened. Yeah, if not, if for, that. not for Night of Champions. Wow. Page versus AJ Lee, Sheamus versus Randy Orton. Whew, what a what a night of Some matches it was. Classic Sheamus yeah, versus everyone, Orton matches. Everybody, yeah, yeah I, I did mention it happened in 2015, right? So, well, of that's course, an, that was on the card. That's another big thing that came out of the SmackDown after uh, when I'm thinking about, like, momentous things. Yeah. It's hard to tell what's momentous in the moment when you're watching it live in person and you don't have commentary underlining anything. Yeah. But Orton coming together with the revival happened on that SmackDown. That does feel like kind of a big thing if this is going to be a pairing that runs for a little that while. That is now. super effectual. And I saw the dawning of the Buddy Murphy era. Oh. Dude, Buddy Murphy now. You're two all in. Week, two weeks in a row, just banger matches. You're all in on Buddy. He's so good. He's And he was good on 205 Live forever. But like his, his first main roster match was at SummerSlam on the pay-per-view against Apollo Crews, yeah, which Cruz. gets interrupted by uh, uh, Rowan, attacks him, and, like p- power bombs him neck first into the pillar on the outside. Ugh. It was tough to, to watch. That's the exact right reaction. But his first match proper on the main roster is against Roman Reigns yeah. on SmackDown, one of the best TV matches that doesn't involve Ray and Andrade <laughs> of the year. Yeah, the top 11 are all Ray and Andrade. But, but as soon as you get below the Ray and Andrade bar, <laughs> yeah. incredible match, buddy, buddy, and and uh, and Roman Reigns. And then a week later, he does it again. Last night's match with Daniel Bryan, just as good, maybe better than the week before. Dude. And then next week, he gets to have a rematch of the best 205 live match ever on SmackDown television because his King of the Ring first-round opponent is Ali. So that's three weeks in a row where Buddy Murphy is going to give you absolute fire on SmackDown television. You're a Buddy Buddy. I gotta be. Uh, we did not mention King of the Ring on this program. No, we did not. The return of King of the Ring. What do you think? It's a good hook for TV. At a time when they're competing with the the return of the NFL. Like, this is a busy TV season. Yeah, yep. And... and you got people like me who are like, God, I'm burnt out. Like, sure. Oh, that was so much. So much wrestling in July. Ugh. So much wrestling in August. We're heading into September. This tournament's going to last for the entirety of the next three to four weeks. Yep. Yeah, I like it. I, I hate I, it. I like tournament wrestling. But it 
it is tournament wrestling. It is. There are brackets. I understand this. Mm-hmm. King of the Ring is the one-night tournament. It's yeah. the UFC one of wrestling. It's yeah. how many matches do these guys have in them? Who's, there's so many stories to be told through that. So when I found out it was going to be spread over 400 weeks of television. And only the final will be on the pay-per-view. I thought I thought weak sauce, man. Imagine if they instead announced that same bracket, one night network event this Saturday, three hours, King of the Ring, sixteen men, one left standing, three matches. Who's the baddest? Who's got the cardio? And then you can sell the smaller guys. Hey, down the stretch, they've they've got the more cardio. Oh, who's taking the worst punishment? Like you can kayfabe it so your best guys don't have to win. It probably would be good too because if it was a network special. The matches wouldn't have, like, commercial breaks in them. Because, like, I didn't think Joe and Cesaro was very good. No? I thought it was all right. It was fine. Yeah, I thought... My expectations were sky high. Yeah. And it was just a TV match. Uh, And so, yeah, I I, I was disappointed to find out it wasn't a a one-night tournament like it it, uh, has been in the past. Because that is certainly my preferred... Or... or And I I couldn't even tell you who who, uh, Cedric faced. Oh, I guess he beat Sammy's. Yeah. And that match was kind of whatever also. Yeah. I, I, but the I did think that Andrade and Apollo was very good. Yes. I didn't watch it. Kevin but Owens I heard and Elias, very bad. That's Yes. It was a bad smackdown for Kevin Owens in general, man. They, they're just making him look weak. I heard he apologized to Shane McMahon. Yeah, and he's begging to have this $100,000 fine rescinded. He's – I. Just look, like Stone Cold would do. Look, I like. There's obviously working class pressures, and if I got fined a hundred thousand dollars, I would be doing anything in my power to beg anyone to get rid of it for me. Yeah, maybe, but not to the guy you exactly. fucking attacked and headbutted exactly. his dad. Exactly. Exactly. Where's any of the edge of the heel version of Kevin Owens? Where's any of the edge of the initial babyface version of Kevin Owens? Ugh. He was, like, emasculated badly by another man I on the just... show yesterday. He got outsmarted by Shane McMahon. I'm going to watch SmackDown as I eat dinner tonight, but I'm not looking forward and to also, that part. Like, speaking of nothing changing coming out of NXT, yeah. nothing really changed coming out of SummerSlam either. Except now The Fiend is here. Well, yeah, there's that. But and like, Seth Rollins. Yeah, yes. But that almost doesn't feel like a change in a way because like, he has been in that space for, like, for so long. There should have been some sort of spillover of the Kevin Shane stuff. And there hasn't been. If anything, it feels like Weird. Shane even has more of the upper hand now than he did two weeks ago. Shane Roman and Shane Owens all just feels like this muddled, no like finish. I don't know. Yeah. Shane. It might maybe everyone else was right. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe Shane, it's time to take your ball and go home, good boy. Well, we're we're headed towards that at some point. It's just a matter of when we're gonna get it. Yeah, who's gonna give him the bump that writes him off TV? It's funny though that like Roman feels so fresh now that he's just not working in the orbit of Shane McMahon. Yeah, and he's still in this thing that's being dragged out and taking a <laughs> yeah. million years. It's not like he's in this like but world. He, but he had a banger match with Buddy Murphy, so I'm like Roman, my guy. Like, let's go. <laughs> you Hell love yeah. Big Roman, and you know what's the you fun- love the big dog. The funniest part of this dude is that Buddy Murphy was not planned to be part of this storyline at all. Oh, really? Fans just spotted him in the background of the beginning of the video because he was getting into position 
for his role on 205 Live. Like, he was literally That's just hilarious. walking in the background, really? and fans found him in the video, which WWE then highlighted in future versions awesome. of the video. That's really cool. And he got cool. worked into the storyline. He was never planned to be a part of any of this. That is genuinely really cool it's to me. It's the most fortuitous break a guy could possibly yeah. have. Because like, okay. he's now working against, like, the biggest talents yeah. in the company on TV. Probably, like, the guy he'd want to be working if he had a choice. Yeah. Like, and he turned babyface last night, basically. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, not officially. He's but. just... He's just, uh, you know, hard work. Daniel Bryan is a bigger heel than Buddy Murphy, and Daniel Bryan hates Buddy Murphy, so Buddy Murphy suddenly feels like a babyface. I love it. You gotta love it. You got to. Jamo, did we touch on everything? Uh, I feel like most of it. Good job, us. AW selling out their TV tapings continually, though. Oh we, yeah, we, we talked about, about them selling out Capital One, which is like the Washington Capitals arena. The buildings that they've sold out since then, significantly smaller. Yeah, but, but I think that's good. Yeah. They're working Keep like eight thousand dollar or eight thousand seat rather than some even down to five thousand for what I understand. Which is but as long as you can sell it out, yeah, and it looks special and it has an atmosphere on TV. Yeah, maybe WWE should be working smaller venues because they're oh, not selling out. No, for sure. Dude, I mean, here's one something we haven't talked about. Uh -huh. WWE currently considering canceling house shows altogether. Yeah, I heard. Is that like confirmed in any sort of real way or, or pretty heavy rumor right now? Do he we know? Heavy rumor. Okay. And that if house shows were to continue, it would no longer be an A show and a B show. They'd do like a Raw versus SmackDown super card in every, every town they went to. See, boy, I'm of two minds of that. That's really tough to know because you, you feel bad for the wrestlers who aren't on TV because then they only get their downside without the house shows. Mm -hmm. But in the same breath... They also are destroying their bodies, and it's super hard on the performers. And I think if you look at what New Japan or AEW is able to do at the top of the card because they're not on. Although the house show circuit is a good way of guys improving, it's, too. It's a dress rehearsal on some level, yeah. too, right? Like, guys are practicing their pay-per-view matches on the house show circuit. I'm just afraid that I'm about to have a seizure, so I'm going to ask this. Do you smell smoke? I do, yeah. Okay, Somebody's good. barbecuing outside. Okay, so I'm not about to have a no, seizure. Because no. that's a sign of a seizure, It's a right? stroke, yeah. Yeah, okay. Burnt well, toast. Okay, yeah, so I had to ask that on But that air. smells like barbecue or a campfire. It doesn't smell like toast. <laughs> Goodness. Well, you never barbecue toast at camping? <laughs> never never done that? No. Uh, for the listeners, uh, we've got a couple of people asking the future of Top Marks. JMO and I have to discuss it. Like, yeah. We haven't. We, we had a whirlwind in Toronto yeah. and now we're back. Uh, I'm I'm very busy. Like the just putting the wrestling show together every Sunday is um, it's difficult. But uh, I love doing this show too much for it to go away altogether. Yeah. I, I, it, I doubt there's a future here where we stop doing top marks 100%. Yeah. I would say the two things that won't happen are it continues weekly and it goes away completely. Yes. And so whatever is in that middle space is, is what? Whether it's every two weeks or we do like a Patreon exclusive show and a free show every month. We got to figure it out. But uh, we're, 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 you might see less of us. Together, but you still have a weekly wrestling show. I do, and I, I was going to be on it, but I will be on it in the future. So you'll still, yeah. Still, we, still. I, sorry that I, we had a, you were I, on a trip. Yeah. I, I, I was. I'm not saying this because like it was you. Anyone in those shoes, like you're on vacation. It's like I when you were like, oh, let's do this thing. I was like, oh, the Sunday morning after takeover, we're gonna. <laughs> It's like, all right, yeah. I still went to the – I got into the Fan 590 studios in Toronto. I felt like a big shot. Yeah, were the Zoobs and I with you? No. Yeah. <laughs> I, did no. Not, I did not think that was uh, – well, I thought maybe there was a chance, but I certainly wasn't hanging my hat on yeah, it. Yeah, well, it would have been fun. But you know yeah. what? You'll be on in the future. And uh, look, mm -hmm. it's – it's uh, 
pick it's picking up steam. Sky's the limit for that on some level, I feel like. Not wrestling related, but September 16th, there's also I'm launching a new podcast, so you can look out for for some more of that. Uh but you know, I don't think yeah, I don't, there's always a place for talking about wrestling in my yeah, life. So and we'll, then hang like man, you you're telling me that I'm going to go from hanging out with you every week to like hardly seeing you anymore. No, I I don't think we'd We're, stop doing this no. show and not see each other. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. I don't, I'm not saying that's going to happen. Although if we'll, you move to North Van, it's I'm I'm not moving to North Van. Okay. I'm well, I might live in a truck in North Van for 40 days. <laughs> Guys, the balls see. are in the air over here <laughs> with the good friends. We're I, in, we're I, my life is in turmoil right now, <laughs> never mind my podcast. So, I got a lot of things to figure oh. out. But but no, like we have too much of a good time doing yeah. this. And it's one of the things that I find doing uh, Wrestle Central by myself is like, yeah, I'm talking about wrestling and I'm getting my wrestling thoughts out there. Is it as fun to do or as fun to listen to as what you and I do? It's hard. Probably very different. It's. I'm going to say no. It's That's, not. Well, it's. it's – but how about this? It's way more likely to bring you success. That's probably true. <laughs> but – a rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, th- that's for and sure. If I can bring my hashtag good friend along with me for the ride, I would love to do that. Uh, and I look, we have we have such a good time, and we uh, we've talked about this many many yeah, times before. No, one but the draw of this show is not our wrestling takes; it's our chemistry. That's absolutely correct. And I would I would be remiss if I let that go away. So until you hear our voices next, which who knows when it will be, but it will be. Pepperoni sticks! Say yeah! When do you have to leave for work? I gotta go pretty quick here, but we gotta talk about one thing before we go. Oh, what is it? And that's the Sony Marvel Spider-Man drama. I feel like it's not even worth commenting on. I agree. Because the whole thing is obviously a negotiation Huge work. It it takes a wrestling fan to spot a work. I am so glad you agree with me here. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, Marvel, relax. Marvel is working everyone yeah. into an anti-Sony fervor so that Sony will shit its pants. They shot down the first offer. Yeah. Like, it's this is just on-scale negotiation. It is. There's too much money on the table for both of these parties. And also, the way that Far From Home ended, that cliffhanger, you think they're not going to make yeah. that movie? It's like, oh yeah, Spider-Man not in the Avengers anymore. And, and listen, if that comes to pass... Guess what? Yeah, it, it's not like I, I just don't know but what they the, got the X Men back. Yeah, they got I, Fantastic Four back. I think we're we're fine, guys. We'll it's, be okay. I was I was legitimately surprised at the level of, of hysteria like, yesterday. Yeah, I was genuinely like, it's like if Tom Holland's not there with the Avengers, I'm gonna blow my head off. It's like okay, let. let have a beer. Like, yeah. oh, it would that? be weird though if he was just like erased from the timeline, though. That would be weird, but it's not like the the Venom Carnage Spider Man verse couldn't be something I could get into into, into tangent. I don't think that's gonna happen. No. But I'm just saying, like, Venom sucks. Let's. Oh, jeez. Venom has a great Tom Hardy performance, and that's all. Dude, Venom is. Here's something I'm gonna say about Venom. I hate it because <laughs> it's like antithetical to the comics. Yeah. Everybody loves it, though. However... What the fuck? I met Venom 2 opening weekend just based off of the Carnage tease with Woody Harrelson. So, Woody Harrelson's so I know. old, man. He's so old. It's, somebody... I think it was a listener, so I got I got to correct you here. Someone told me that this was the... Uh, that Zombieland 2 is the first sequel Woody Harrelson's ever going to do. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds about true. No, Hunger Games. He's I go to the Hunger bar Games. and I look like a fucking moron because I'm like, you know, it's the first sequel Woody Harrelson's going to do. And everyone's like... What about the four Hunger Games movies? Yeah. And I was like, 
Wow. Well, those are all books. Yeah. Those are planned yeah, from the beginning. Those, aren't those are chapters. Those yeah, he's in the books, books too. Yeah. Those exactly. <laughs> the character yeah. of Woody Harrelson. <laughs> <laughs> That's who he plays. In the, I've never seen the movies, but I assume he plays Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen those? I have seen uh, all but the last one. Are they any good? Uh, the second one was pretty good. They're always recommended to me on Netflix, and I'm like this close to pressing play. The all first the time. one was really flat and kind of dull and gray to me a little bit, like both in its visual style and its storytelling. I wasn't a big fan of it. The second one I thought was really, really good. And then the third one is like half of a movie because it's part one of the okay. final chapter. I actually, never saw the final part. I kind of like that when they split the long movie into two parts. I'm, I'm pro things doing that, like giving room to breathe for big content. It's just hard for me to be like, yeah, you should for sure watch the second one of this. Yeah, series. no, I'd have to do the whole thing. But Catching Fire was genuinely a very good movie. No one's still listening at this point, right? No, I, probably not. I thought Hubs and Shaw was pretty boring. Yeah, I haven't even seen it, but I don't want to because I thought Fast Eight sucked. Well, Fast Eight is has a really good zombie car chase in it. But the movie, Bleah. rest in peace. <laughs> Goodbye. Titus Worldwide!